we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like we know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 16. Not sure if there's going to be a 17, but thank you for joining. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And we got the one, the only. Brittany Moore, don't be less when you can be more. Say what's up to the people. What's going on? Another day, another dollar, another podcast, another holla. But before we get started, let's have everybody like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, I think this is the first time we've ever done it at the beginning of a podcast. The beginning. I was like, this, this is why you're on the podcast right there. That's why you're on. Like, share. Guys, take just a second. If you saw this on Facebook, just like it. Just like it. We need the help from the algorithm gods who control our destiny. So we need this thing to hop to the top of the Apple podcast. It needs to be the first thing that's, you know, searchable. So we need to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. I do need to check that out, though, because uh, when I did... My dad was over today, which you knew that because we were talking on the phone, and I got him onto the podcast, and I had him subscribe to it, and when I typed in our podcast, it was the first one for cheerleading that popped up. Ooh. Ooh. So, double check it because uh, I don't want to be wrong and say something that's not true. So, you double check. I'll check it right now. I'll check. We'll see what's up right now. Here we go. Podcast. I'm gonna type. I'm gonna type in cheer. On mine, we're number. On mine, we're number three. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe I did something wrong. All right. <laughs> you search a podcast wrong. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> did you talk? We're the number one. Let's talk to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. So anyway like share subscribe all that good stuff but when we um i think last episode we were talking about doing an all all questions podcast answering all your questions that you guys you know that the people at home have so i guess this is one long cheer mad question of the week these are the cheer mad questions of the weeks so you know i get if you what do you got to say or we'll just hop right into it uh i think we got some good questions so it'll make for some good content for all the people out there yeah um yeah let's just hop right into it i mean you want to go first you want me to go first we'll give them the real no you're going wait i don't know who's going you're going first i guess i don't know i'm going first i'm going first okay so first question is from brandon siegendaller Hope mm. I pronounced that wrong. If I didn't, uh, hey, it was actually his birthday yesterday. So shout out. Well, as of this recording, so shout out to Brandon Siegendaller. Happy birthday, man! Happy birthday. So he wants to know: Is stunt the future of all girl cheer? Which I don't understand that. So 
hopefully you can answer it and uh, explain it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So stunt is, how should I? So a while ago, obviously there's cheerleading and a while ago, acro and tumbling. So a cheer coach decided that they wanted, how should I put this? <sighs> cheer does not get counted for title nine for sports. So title nine basically just says that for every male scholarship that you give, right? The football team, you need to give mm -hmm. equal amount of scholarships to female athletes or to male athletes. And you give the same equal to female athletes, right? Now it's not exactly one-to-one. -one. It depends on like the ratio of your school, but let's just say for sake of argument, your school is 50% guys, 50% girls. If you give 50 scholarships to the to male football players, you need to be giving out 50 scholarships to female athletes as well, right? And you can spread that between, you know, all these different sports. Now, cheer does not meet the requirements as a sport, right? There's there's def, you know, there's a official definition of a sport for NCAA, and cheerleading as we know it does not meet the definition of a sport and does not qualify for Title IX. So since it does not qualify for Title IX, schools are in a scramble to try to figure out how they're going to balance these, you know, how they're going to meet Title IX requirements. So back in the day, someone said, you know, we're going to figure out how we can make these cheer athletes a sport. So they broke off into this thing called acro and tumbling, right? And acro and tumbling met all the definitions met for a sport. And, you know, they go through the whole NCAA process. This is how, you know, and there's, you know, there's all these things that you have to do to become, you know, an official sport. And so after that happened, after they broke off, lots of schools were like, Hey, if, if, especially colleges were like, Hey, if this is going to be a sport, you need to do acro and tumbling so we can meet title nine. So a bunch of teams started leaving like, you know, college, not to college cheer, but competitive college cheer like NCA nationals, UCA college nationals and started doing A and T when that happened varsity, right? Cheerleading was like, no, 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 no. These are our athletes. And y'all ain't going to be making money off our, 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 off of our athletes. So varsity or USA cheer, however you want to look at it started stunt, right? So stunt meets, you know, the same definition. So stunt and a and T at least in the, uh, the very beginning stages were pre were like carbon copies of each other. Uh, there's some differences between the two, but in the beginning they were very similar. I don't keep up with it enough to know the difference between the two sports now, but both of them actually just got emerging sports status for NCAA. Both of them, because we thought for a while that it was that the NCAA, because the sports were so similar, that the NCAA was only going to give one of them the title of a sport but both of them are emerging sports in NCAA. They both count towards Title IX. So, and when it counts towards Title IX, that means that scholarships for cheer athletes are going to go up. There's going to be a new opportunity for scholarships for these athletes. So his question is, you know, with these new scholarships, is this going to be the future of all-girl cheerleading? And it's not co-ed at all. It's only all-girl. So, does that make sense, Brittany? As a mom? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that totally made sense. Yeah. Okay. So, question. Will, is all, is stunt the future of all-girl cheer? 
I think I don't know if it is the the future of all girl cheer, but I definitely think it's the next big thing in collegiate athletics, at least for cheerleading is concerned. Because I think it's really and I say I'm not sure because it's gonna be really hard to replace cheerleading as a whole. Like I don't think they're gonna get rid of all girl cheerleading altogether. I think all girl cheerleading or just collegiate cheerleading has it's too much of one an American tradition, just cheerleaders, right? Real cheerleaders yeah. on the game, on on game day, on the sidelines, right? In high school, we, you know, Friday night lights, right? College, you know, those Saturday afternoons, those Saturday evenings, right? So I think it's one too hard to get rid of that. And then I don't think schools want to completely abandon cheerleaders on the sideline. Now, lots of these teams have co-ed teams, especially those like really big, you know, school, you know, SEC schools, you know, those mm -hmm. type of things have co-ed teams. But, you know, a lot of, especially small schools, all of them are virtually all girl or small co-ed or something like that. So I think it's going to be really hard to replace. But I definitely think with stunt now being an emerging sport and being counted as Title IX, that it will definitely, I definitely think it's the, the next big thing where we see the numbers grow on in it for sure. I mean, it's going, it's crazy right now in Southern California and it's really popular in Northern California, nowhere in the central Valley. I mean, I think there's a team in slow um, college, you know, collegiate, but you know, it's not happening here in the central Valley, like at all, right. You've never even heard of it, but it's huge in Southern <laughs> California right now. So it's going, stunt oh. seems to be growing a lot more than A&T right now. So Something that's just going to blossom and it could just go big or, you know, at least get a little bit bigger. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's going to give, it's definitely going to give cheer athletes the opportunity for scholarships when they probably, if they might not have had it before. It's going to open up a lot more scholarship opportunities for female athletes going into cheerleading. That's uh, good for me, especially for having cheerleaders. <laughs> for sure, right? <laughs> yeah um i we had a couple questions about mental blocks yep you want to give uh you want to give anybody some advice uh on how maybe some of their athletes could get over mental blocks or maybe some things that they could help as parents yeah so as far as mental blocks are concerned which is one of the most heartbreaking things i can only imagine how parents feel when their child when it's their own child who's the one that stops tumbling. You know, when you're in cheer long enough, you see kids go in and out of mental blocks for years and years. You know, there's always one kid on a team with a mental block, right? Um, or it's struggling with it. So a couple of things, and I'm definitely not a professional on mental blocks, but I have no problem admitting that there are people smarter than me out there. So <laughs> here are the resources I would like to you know, say that parents should look into. One, one free resource, Debbie Love. If you go uh, for the love of tumbling.com, Debbie Love is the, she's the gold standard when it comes to tumbling coaches. Like that's just what I think. I feel like that she is the one, I think I might've said this before on a podcast or something like that, but you know, we're on like these tumbling pages. I mentioned last weekend or last week, uh, Shay's tumbling page, right? So people will get in arguments about what's the correct way to teach, you know, this particular skill. And people will argue back and forth. Oh, I think it's this way. I think it's this way. I think it's this way. 
then Debbie comes on and goes, this is the correct way to teach it. And then it's like, yo, all right, Debbie said that's the way to teach it. That's the way to teach it. So she has a website for the love of tumbling.com. And on there, she has a, I think if you just type this into Google, you should find it like Debbie love breaking free. And it's a whole, you know, page of, you know, how to get over a mental block. And it's like a whole system on how you do that. And so we had an athlete um, back in the days that back at PCM, because at, at that time, this was the only resource I knew of. And I remember saying, hey, I've read this before. Seems pretty good. I handed it to her and she did everything there was and got over a mental block and was back at it. The other resource is the more, more recent one, but Jeff Benson has a book called <clears throat> Unblocked When the Walls Come Tumbling Down. Unblocked When the Walls Come Tumbling Down. And I read that book, you know, front to back, really, really good book. Now that book really dove into mental blocks, how they get started. It talked about the triad, so the parents, the athlete, and the coach and how all three play a part in the mental blocks and how all three play a part in the mental block. And it really like dove in and it gave you like a systematic step-by-step -step approach to how to like become a mentally stronger person. And it was, I mean, it was so good. So if you're struggling with a mental block or, you know, I'm guessing it's mostly parents that listen to this parents and coaches, but if you are a coach or a parent, with an athlete who's struggling with a mental block, that Jeff Benson, that book is so good. It was, I mean, it taught, it taught, and I remember reading it and I was like, oh, he's talking to me as a coach. Oh, I do that as a coach. Like I need to stop doing that. That's something that I should no longer continue. He's going to kill me because I said should, I'm not supposed to say should. Um, but, and, you know, and I, every kid I, or every parent I know who's read the book, they like read it and their, their kid reads it and then goes, yeah, mom, you do this. Like you do that all the time. And you're the number one reason why I'm not tumbling right now. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, and you know, parents read it go, oh yeah, I've said that before. I've done that before. So yeah, that's, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's, um, you can, you cannot outperform your self image. And so that's just what I will say. You can't outperform your self image. So athletes, if they're going to get over mental blocks, have to change the way that they look at themselves. They have to actually believe that it's going to happen, that they can get over the mental block. We talk about faith and patience in the gym. If you're going to be successful, you have to have the last two blocks on coach Wooden's pyramid of success. Right, he starts off with hard work in the in the in the bottom corner, enthusiasm as the other cornerstone, and it goes all the way up to faith and patience. He says you can build the perfect pyramid, but if you don't have the faith, you don't actually believe that you can be successful. Right, and in this case, get over the mental block or the patience to see it through. Like if you're only going to be committed for a week, you know that's not really patient. So you have to have the, you have to be committed that this is going to, this might be more than a week. It might be two weeks it might be a month might be a year might be three years might be a decade but to stay committed and to have the faith and the patience you know so that's my biggest thing the faith the patience and just um you know knowing that you can um overcome it you know so there oh, we go we haven't had to deal with any mental blocks in our house yet so uh i'm gonna hold off on reading that book because i feel like if i do read it <laughs> just beat no. myself up and so that, and you know what, I think, let me challenge that. I think you should read it now. That's actually my suggestion now, 
read it now so you know how to because what i why i read it one i want to be prepared to help deal with kids who have mental blocks that's why i originally wanted to do it because i was like man we have kids with mental blocks i want to be prepared as a coach but after i read it i was like okay i don't want to help kids i don't want to be a part of creating an environment that gives kids mental blocks because it's all part of that environment right like so i don't want to just because they don't have a mental block today doesn't mean we're not setting them up for fail. You know, I'd rather, what they say, like an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of the cure or whatever, or, you know, a pound of medicine. So, you know, I'd rather stop it from happening than have to, you know, once kids get mental blocks, it's hard to get them out of them, you know? So I'd rather not have to rehabilitate. I'd rather them just not have them at all. So, you know, read the book. What do you think the biggest, um, like, do you think people get mental block or athletes get mental blocks because of like them? Are they more, have you seen, uh, athletes get mental blocks because they're scared to throw a new, uh, tumbling pass? Or do you think maybe they like fell and got hurt when they were throwing a tumbling pass? Like what's, what do you think like the most cause of a mental block is that you've seen? that I've seen the most immediate one is that kids will just eat it on a pass. You know, they're, they're throwing, they're level two. They want to be level three. They're working round off handspring tuck. You know, it's still not super consistent. They throw round off handspring rebound, freak out, start to half flip, land on their neck, head, back, whatever the case may be. And they go, Oh yeah, that, I could have hurt myself just now. Right. Um, and I don't want to do that again. Like, I just don't want to, that was scary. And you know, I don't want to do that again. Like I, I don't want that to happen every single time I do a round finishing tuck and they, you know, that's like the most common thing that I see. Um, the other one is that kids just, you know, they'll take some time off and just don't think they can tumble anymore. Like they just lost all confidence in them th- in themselves and just go, yeah, you know, they go on vacation, you know, an extended vacation and just, or they, they have an injury that had nothing to do with cheerleading, right? They were out skateboarding, broke their arm, and then, you know, had to be out for, you know, six weeks or whatever, and then just came, come back and just like, you know what? I don't think I can do it. It's been six weeks since the last time I tumbled. I can't tumble anymore. So those are the two, but I mean, there's a bunch of things that, you know, cause it. And kids get older. At first, you know, young kids, we talked about this in another podcast, so be sure to check out all of them because I'm not going to tell you what podcast it was. <laughs> but, you know, kids kids who get tumbling, you asked, um, your original question was, back in that first podcast was, how long should it take for a kid to get back handspring? And I said, well, it depends on how athletic they are and how fearless they are, right? Those two things have a huge you know, an unathletic kid who's scared of everything is going to take a lot longer than a kid who's super athletic with no fear. So I forgot the point of my story. Something about being fear. I don't know. Whatever. We'll move on. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you should be proud to know. I don't know if you approved it or Ashley approved it, but I did put the twins in a tumbling class. I was going to jam you up too. I was going to jam. I'm like, yo, we talked about this in December. I was like, you've got to put the kids in tumbling. You are that mom. It's March. I know. It's March. I We're know, a month before tryouts. And you're like, uh, we'll try to get my back hands for me, I guess, in the next couple of weeks. 
<laughs> in my defense, uh, the last tumbling class that they were in, they were in a beginner level two. And I looked at the schedule and it just like didn't, the available classes for them beginning level two didn't link up. And the twin, they just kept bugging me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's another day you're sacrificing. We'll go, we'll drive to the Southwest on Thursdays. But mm -hmm. just so you know, like you don't have a free day on Thursday anymore. And they're like, we don't care. We don't care. So I went to practice just this last Wednesday, I think it was. And, uh, or I don't know, one of these last week days. And I asked Claire, I'm like, can you evaluate them to see if they're in a level one or two? And she I was like sweating bullets for two hours to see what <laughs> freaking one they were going to be in. And she comes out, she's like, uh, they're, uh, I guess her and Christina, she said they're, they're, uh, advanced level two. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I swear. You thought I won the lottery because when I came home, I was like, Woo! And my husband's like, what? I'm like, advanced level two right before practice on Monday. <laughs> I was so excited. And I just logged on and I signed them up really quick. And then, when I checked my email the next day, they were approved. So I was like, oh, yeah. There we go. So we'll see, we'll see if they show up on Monday. <laughs> uh, they will. Next because step, they're take like, them. Yeah. They're like, Mommy, we got tumbling tomorrow, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. So, all right. Back to our question. Um, okay, a question from Ashley Pettycourt at our own gym. Mm, she so wants petty. to know, what teams does Jason hope to coach uh, age slash level next season. Do I hope to coach? Yeah. I, mean, I, I just hope I coach hardworking athletes. That's all I, <laughs> I hope I coach hardworking athletes. Uh, I always ask Ashley if, if I should coach, not should. I always ask Ashley if I can coach prep and she's like, you're not coaching prep. So it's like, we don't have, t you don't have time to coach prep. You got to coach the other teams. Okay. So one of these days I want to coach prep. I think it'd be so much fun. I have to redeem myself because the very first team I ever coached was a prep team and we were terrible. We were awful. So I feel like I should, I need to redeem myself, but I don't know if there's enough time in the day for me to take on a prep team. So, but either way, I just want to coach kids who are excited to be in the gym and kids who, um, you know, like cheerleading and want to work hard. You know, that, that just makes my job so much easier coaching kids who want to be in the gym and who are excited, you know, so. Oh yeah, definitely. I think you should do, uh, as a former prep parent, it would be a big shock to some of those athletes if you just showed up at a prep practice one time and we're like, Hmm, let's see what's going on here. Yeah, we do. We, we show up to a couple of them. Oh, I didn't know but that. We, but we got into, you know, Ashley and I actually had a plan that we were going to show up one of us was going to be at prep practices every other Thursday and then COVID hit. I had showed, I, I went to a prep practice. Ashley went to one COVID hit. And then our other team, you know, the teams that we actually coached started falling behind because we had that 10 day, you know, layoff. Yeah. And so it was like all hands on deck for these teams as we head into, cause we're, it was right before NCA. So we're like, all right, well, Sorry, prep. Not that you guys aren't important, <laughs> but we had to like all hands on deck for, you know, our teams hanging into NCA and some, in you know, we had to get teams back on track. So, but maybe next year we'll start off the season one every other, you know, cause we gotta be a part of it. I know that we, um, I know that one we have, I know 
I remember how special it felt when our like gym owner would come down to like our practices and like, Oh, the owner's here, like owners of the practice. Right. Um, and I know that our coaches still have a lot to, to learn from our, our experiences, coaches. So, you know. Well, speaking of like coaching and like coaching styles, um, Daquan Hubbard, he wants to know um, how your coaching style has changed from when you coached at CBU to now that you're a lower level athlete coach. There we go. Um, great question. How has my coaching style changed from CBU to coaching, like, like all-star cheerleading, right? So the big, here's the big difference with me. I, go, I, I won't say that this rule applies to every person who coaches college and all-stars, but it applies to me for sure. CBU was all about recruiting. At CBU, we just recruited the best athletes we could, right? I would just get on the phone call up a good athlete, recruit them. And I knew that if I recruited some good athletes, that we were going to have a good team. And it, someone told me this, um, the guy who taught me, I, who taught me how to recruit said this, he's like, it's funny. The, the better your athletes get, the, the better your, it seems the better your coaching gets. And it's, you know, because you don't actually have to coach much when you have better athletes. Right. So we just recruited like crazy and we didn't have to, teach as many skills versus all-stars we have to teach the kids everything you know like they're still learning how to be you know good athletes and so we you know we coached at cbu but we were getting really good athletes so it was all about recruiting 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 and kind of maintaining those skills and um like getting those those top tier athletes to kind of work together uh versus you know coaching all-stars um, you know, we have to do a lot more actual coaching where we're training the skills. Um, we're not just recruiting, you know, the most talented athletes that we can. So that's like kind of the big difference. And, you know, the kids are younger and they just have different problems, you know? So, you know. Well, definitely. Thanks to Daquan. Uh, I don't know him personally, but you do, right? Come on. Why? I know everybody. Well, he is like a big supporter of the podcast. He added me to Facebook. He shares every t- all the time. Let's uh, go. So a lot of our listeners can definitely take notes from him. You know, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, whatever. Uh, Daquan is on his game. He, I'm like, I have no idea who you are, but you are friends with Jason and you shared the podcast. So we could be friends now. <laughs> Share this one. <laughs> then coming after us with a question. Love all the support. Uh, so on the recruiting topic, we got a recruiting question. Um, all right. JC the cutie. Who's that? J- <laughs> That's not my name. I think it was Instagram. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was. You thought, I met, this, you thought I met this girl at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you meet someone, remember in college, you meet someone at a party. You're like, y'all know their last name. So I'm just going to put the cute one. <laughs> definitely did not think that but I'm like thinking in my head like is that her like name or like is that her like her you know her uh gosh what do they call that your c what's your cb your handle is that her handle (laughs) jc the cutie you're like questioning me like why'd you use this yeah so wait on this ashley wait for ashley in my phone is ashley corbell 
to this day. Because the first time we met, I'm not going to tell the whole story, Ashley. Don't worry. She don't even listen to the podcast. But we all know what Corbell is, right? So Ashley won't tell me her last name the first time we met. And I'm like, well, we're going to be coaching together. I need, you know, I'm, I'm getting her number. It's like, hey, we should probably have each other's number. We're going to be coaching together. So I get her number. I was like, hey, what's your last name? She won't tell me, like, at all. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to put Corbell. Because, you know, she had had some Corbell that night. So... So I'll say some Corbell that night. That's all. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jason. I might be in the doghouse right now. <laughs> JC the cutie, she wants to know um, how to recruit at a small college level. How to recruit at a small college? Great question, JC the cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, man, man y'all are crazy. My name on everything is Jason Larkins because I can't have any people going off on me like this, right? I'm just like, I'm so boring. I'm like, yo, Instagram, Twitter, Jason Larkins, just find me there, right? Anyway, so. She's listening right now. She told me that, I'm like, do you ever listen to the podcast? She's like, Brittany, I can hear you guys when you're recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're knocking on the door in just a minute. Ashley yeah. <laughs> Corbell. <laughs> so okay how to recruit at a small college um you know we had we had to do this at cbu you know cbu started off cbu's d1 school now but when i got there we were small i mean it's still a christian college but you know small not d1 not d2 not d3 naia i don't even know what naia stands for i just know that that's what we were small naia christian school we couldn't get anyone to come there and i think the number one thing we did one is there is a it's so disproportionate the amount of all-star athletes and and all-star and high school athletes who actually go to college and cheer in college like it's it's something ridiculous i don't even know what the number is but it's so ridiculous college cheerleading should be a lot better than it is because you know all-star and high school cheerleading is very very healthy I don't want to say very, very, but there's a lot of kids in both those sports. And what we did was we just got kids to believe in what we were, what we were going to make happen. And we just got, I mean, we honestly just got kids to believe in the program and said, Hey, if you come here, this is what can happen. And we sold those kids on a dream. And we just said, we can go down as one of the greatest cheer programs ever we're going to be all about family we're going to and we just really tried to talk to these kids about like what they wanted in a cheer program and said hey you know we have the experience as coaches um like we can make this happen and we just got a couple kids to believe and once we got a few kids you know a few like top tier talented kids to believe and you know kids were seeing routines and we were trying you know we were big on social media that was like one of the big things we were going to have a heavy social media presence we were going to post videos all the time. We were sending out recruit forms. Oh, the number one thing, I'll say this. Kids just want to feel wanted, you know? So, and that's so simple. I remember this so specifically. My, my buddy, James Votal, we cheered together at, um, in junior college. We went to NCAA College Nationals. And at, at NCAA College Nationals, after the event is done, they do this thing called Stunt Fest, which is... You're out on the grass. 
behind the hotel and every, you know, every participant at college nationals is out there just stunting and tumbling. And it's just this big open gym. Uh, it's just crazy. You got to see it one day, look up like stunt fest NCA on YouTube. And it's just this crazy, you know, time and everyone's out there just stunting. And the coach from Stephen F. Austin state university, Brad, Brad Patterson, and SFA was at the top of their game at this time. Brad comes up to James. It's all James Stunning. James was a very good stunter. And he was like, I want you to come cheer for me at SFA. And we were shooketh. We were like, you want James to cheer at SFA? I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. James, you have to go to SFA. I remember and you know, we were roommates in college. Brad called our phone. Our, our landline, right? This is way back in the day. Calls our landline. We have caller ID. It said Stephen F. Austin State University on the, on the caller ID. I said, SFA is calling our apartment. James, you have to go. And I remember just feeling, it wasn't even me. It was my roommate. And I was just like, James, you have to go to SFA. Like that coach wants you. He's calling our, our, our apartment right now. And so I will never forget how I felt when that coach was recruiting him. And I, and I know that, that's the same feeling that kids get when, you know, that when I would pick up the phone and call the kids and be like, hey, it's me, Jason Larkins, CBU cheer, right? And, and I, it's so funny is I would recruit the kids and I talk to them later like, coach, I would be so, I would have kids, I would just call kids when it was convenient for me, like, right? M- noon, middle of the day, right? Like I'm at work. I'd call the kids. When it's, those kids would be like, they're like, I just walked out of class for you. They're like, hey, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I want you to come to CBU. So kids, we all just want to feel wanted. So my biggest advice is, you know, recruit, you know, and don't, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So stay top of mind with these kids and let them know that you have a plan to, to lead them to success on and off the mat. So. There you go. Well, any of your old um, athletes that you coached that you recruited, uh, just so they know, you still do that because you do it to me when we talk about the podcast. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the workday, and he's like, it's 930. Hey, Brittany, what are you doing? Jason, I'm at work. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's noon. What are you doing? Uh, I'm at work. He still does that. He still does that. Hey, man, I'm on the opposite schedule of the rest of the world. You know, like, I want to start working till noon. So I'm like, all right, well, if you don't have anything to do in the mornings, call your boy because he he's not doing anything. <laughs> um, I know I've asked this question before, but I think um, it'll be newer to the podcast. Uh, Alexia from American Cheer. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. So I'm not even going to attempt it because I will butcher it. <laughs> uh, you know who you are. I know who you are. We all know who you are. She wants to know what you would be doing if you weren't a cheer coach. If it wasn't a cheer coach, another great question. Shout out to Alex. So three, if I wasn't a cheer coach, three part question. (laughs) It depends on what she means. It depends on what she means by if I wasn't a cheer coach, if she means if cheerleading became illegal today, right? I live the life that I'm living right now and cheerleading became illegal right tomorrow, right? Cheerleading is no longer allowed. What would I do with all the knowledge I have and the experience that, you know, the life I just lived, I would probably go into 
I feel like I go into marketing. Like that's what I really enjoy marketing the program. And I love reading like marketing books and sales and all those different things. And so I feel like that is what I would do. Cause that's kind of what I feel most comfortable with or I get into real estate and start making that money. Let's go. But I kind of feel like that's what I would do. Um, if we were in an alternate reality, no, not alternate reality. If, if I just decided I wanted to stop coaching, like right now, like I'm just not going to, I just don't want to coach anymore. Like I'm just, Brittany, if I ever leave all-star cheerleading, it's going to be because of the parents. Just so you know, just know that it's not going to be because of the kid. If I ever leave all-star cheerleading that back to the Quan's question. He asked about the different coaching styles. The biggest difference between all-star cheer and college cheer, college cheer, you deal with zero parents. You only deal with adult athletes and adult athletes have to solve their own problems and you have to deal with pettiness. So if I ever leave all-star cheer, it's going to be because of parents. But anyway, back to if, uh, if I just decide to stop coaching one day, I would get into probably consulting and just helping gyms out and just helping coaches out and just coaching coaches and coaching gyms on, you know, how to make it happen, how to make this happen, all that good stuff. But alternate universe, I feel like uh, if cheer didn't exist and I grew up in a world where cheer didn't exist, I'd probably, you know, be still be coaching. I guess it'd be football because that was the sport I was best at before I became a cheerleader. Could be basketball because that's the sport I like the most now. But I don't know. Or a teacher. I remember being a kid and always analyzing the te- literally being in class, like fourth grade, and being like, there's a more efficient way to do it. Like, if I was the teacher of this class, this is what our teachers should be doing. And like, I remember analyzing all of our teachers' classes and my like coaches' class, like coaches' like um, practices. I'm like, oh, there's a more efficient way. Like, the way they, our coaches should be doing this. And then as I got into college, I became vocal with my um, opinions. <laughs> my coaches didn't like that too much. Shout out to Trisha. Well, <laughs> that's very good to know. Very good to know. Um, we got a couple more questions. Uh, how many years, which I don't know who asked this one, but how many years into coaching before you produced good teams? Um, it depends on our definition of good, I guess. I mean, I thought besides that first year coaching, when I knew we were awful, like I was like, we're bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're real bad. You know, growing up, I was always on good teams. I was always on good teams and I had good coaches and I just expected that I was going to hit the ground. You know, I'm analyzing every, like I said, I'm analyzing every coach and I know what makes an efficient practice and what doesn't make an efficient practice, how to be a, you know, I'm analyzing every coach I've ever had, every teacher I've ever had. So I'm thinking I'm going to come in and just know everything about coaching. And I, it was a rude awakening that first year when I had that mid season team. And I was like, Oh, I don't know anything about coaching. So yeah, we're, we were real bad that year, but the next year, um, after a little humility, we were pretty good 
I thought we were decent. I mean, we won more than we lost. And then the next year, that third year was when I really knew we were good, good. I don't say like super good, but that third year was when I knew we, I, we had something special at the gym that we could actually be like a good team that could win like NCA or we didn't have summit back then at that time. But I knew we could like compete for one of those type of titles. And, um, you know, it took a little bit longer for us actually to win one, but like, and I know that seems, it doesn't seem like we put in that much work, but I just, again, I studied one. I studied every coach I ever had. And then I just read books on coaching a lot and motivation a lot and leadership a lot. And that helped kind of, you know, shorten the curve for me. So, you know. Well, good to know. But, you know, um, right now, I feel like the teams are – I feel like now, if I went back, the stuff I know now, if I went back to, like, PCM, those teams – and our teams were good at PCM. They really were good. But if I went back to PCM now or went back to, you know, that year, we'd be – just stupid good but you know it is what it is i guess uh joy hewitt from premier athletics wants to know does a team score more on tumbling or stunting teams score more on the varsity score sheet score more there are more points available in stunts than there are in tumbling so and on the building categories are what stunts, pyramids, baskets. And then the tumbling categories are standing, tumbling, running, tumbling jumps. So there's three and three, but you, there's another two and a half points for uh, what pyramid creativity and another two and a half points for um, stunt creativity. So more points in stunts, and they do that on purpose because stunts, the, the, the barrier to entry is a lot lower for stunting, right? So if I could teach you, you know, you, your husband, and right, your dad, if you guys came over, it'd be a lot easier for me to teach you guys how to stunt and be like become level one stunters or let's say level two. It'd be a lot easier for you guys to get level two stunting that day then for you guys to get level two tumbling, like the learning curve is so much more in tumbling. And so they need to have the, the barrier to entry so that kids can join the sport. And it's just easier to get kids to catch on to stunting versus tumbling. So there you go. Kind of the reason behind that. Good to know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, another Instagram handle. Uh, my life is crystal. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we actually talked about this i believe it was well we talked about similar things um but she wants to know were you ever I, I if i'm reading this right were you ever an abusive coach and are you considered a tough coach so i don't know if if maybe she meant like were you ever an abusive coach or did you ever have an abusive coach so one of those um mm -hmm. and then are you considered a tough coach i I have gotten softer as the years have gone on. That's for sure. I was a lot harder. I was a lot harder at PCM on those kids than I am at than I am on the kids at American. Um, 
I think part of that is actually because I become not part of it. I don't want to say this wrong. Because I've become a better coach, because I understand techniques a lot more, I don't have to, one, get frustrated with the kids and like lash out or be as hard on them because I just trust my coaching so much more than I did at the time. And at the time, I thought I was a good coach. But I just trust my coaching so much more that I don't have to get as angry um, and right and be like abusive, right? But second is I'm just a more, in general, I've just, especially at PCM, I was, I was new at coaching and I was trying to prove to the world how great of a coach, like I had a, I had a chip on my shoulder so much just trying to show, you know, whoever, I don't even know who I was trying to prove it to, that I was going to be a great coach, right? Like, I'm going to make this happen. So, you know, that chip on my, you know, the, the kids probably got some of that chip. Now, I don't think I was ever abusive. You know, I still have great relationships with, you know, a ton of those kids I used to coach. Now, I know I've said some things I regretted, and that's just comes with, you know, maturing over the years and, you know, just in general being a more mature coach. But, you know, I don't think I was ever abusive. I said this last week in the podcast. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, be sure to go do so right now. But last week, I forgot. I did that whole spiel. I forgot. What, man, I'm, my memory's going. I need to start taking fish oil again. <laughs> but I don't even know what the heck I was going to say. Dude, I'm getting old. This is crazy. This is what happens when you get old. Maybe you're just getting nervous about, um, you know, our upcoming. Oh, no, it's abuse. It's abuse. It was about last week I talked about, I went on the coach's page. It's like, I bet every coach is um, nervous about what their kids are saying about them on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, so I went on Twitter to check. And I was like, I hope no one's saying anything about me. <laughs> so, no, but, you know, I don't think I was ever abusive. I know I've said things I've regretted. Uh, but. You know. I think that just comes with like uh, growing and learning experiences. I mean, I'm I'm not even a, a cheer coach, and I think as an adult, as a mom, as a cheer mom, as an employee, as a friend, like you just learn as you go. So yeah. I get you. Um, we got another you speak one for a living, and it's just real, real, real quick. When you speak for that's it's so dangerous. When you speak for a living you just set yourself up to say something stupid every time you open your mouth. You know, it's crazy. You really got to watch what you say when you speak for a living, you know, because every time you say something, you know, the wrong words can come out, you know, or you're in a bad mood. And, you know, it's one thing when the wrong words come out, right? And you're just like, oh, I meant to say this. But, you know, when you're having a bad day, end your career, you know, just because you want to say something stupid. So, yo, if you speak for a living, which, you know, all you coaches listening right now, all of you guys speak for a living, you know, watch what you say. So. <laughs> um, as coach, as a coach thing, we have a question from Jessamy Jarrett. Mm -hmm. uh, her, this is in quotations of what she sent in. Why are no parents talking about Wendy Ayers, the owner of Cheer Central Sons, owning Cheer Match. Wendy has been the name 
Wendy has been is the Wendy is the name of the owner. She has all of her teams competing in a competition that she owns. And then they said this seems cheer newsworthy. So thank you for the question. Uh, I don't really even know who that is. I have no idea. I mean, clearly she's a gym owner and owns uh, you know competition. So can you give us any insight on that, or do you have any insight? Real quick, I'm putting you on the spot. So what do you think of that? Well, to me, it sounds like she is a cheer coach, but she also owns, um, you know, like uh, a, comp a competition. Yeah. And she's, it seems like she's entering all of her teams into her own competition, which I if it, I mean, you have other people judging the competition. So, I mean, in a sense, I can understand why some people would be like, uh, that's a little iffy, but I mean, I guess it just depends on how the judges are picked. You know, if she's picking all her best five all, friends, you all know? of her staff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, like, if Christina, Claire, <laughs> Bailey has yeah, judges this competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if she's picking her, you know, her employees, then I think that's a little bit differently. But if they're, like, random judges, I mean, why wouldn't I, – I, I don't know. I mean, I, I say why wouldn't you, but, I mean, would you enter American in a competition that you owned? They'd be the first team registered. What do you mean? <laughs> the, first, the first team registered. They're paying me that money. I'm like, y'all going to pay that money back to me. Let's go. The first team registered. I'm like, hey, who's going to be there? I'm like, American. <laughs> so, yes. Well, one, you know, it, I, you know, the way she presented the question, she, like, makes it sound iffy. Like, yo, why yes. is this gym owner an EP, you know, producing events, and why is she allowing her teams to be there? So, I think if we step back from the question – and like logically think about, think it out. People, you know, we put on events, someone in the industry puts on events that we go to. Someone owns that company. Who are the candidates to own those companies, right? It could be someone totally random who's just like, you know, I think I'm gonna get into the cheer business. I know nothing about cheer. I'm gonna get into the cheer business. And I think I could put on, you know, cheer competitions. It could be, I guess, a parent who goes, you know what? I'm going to all these cheer competitions. I think I could do this. And, you know, I guess I'm going to put on whatever. Or it's a, like a gym owner who's like, walks into a competition, goes, I could do this. They have a stage. They could, you know, all you do is, you know, get a stage. You get a backdrop. You get some judges. I can do this. And I think that's what, you know, I think it's hard now because what varsity pretty much owns all like right, they own like all the big cheer competitions right mm -hmm. and so we just realize we i just think we kind of assume that varsity owns has always owned these big cheer competitions or uh, you know whatever it doesn't have to be varsity but like most of these big cheer competitions are owned by you know whoever but most of them started off by gym owners who just said i'm gonna have a competition we're gonna host i i can do this we're gonna own you know we're going to put on an event and they put on an event 
and eventually those competitions, you know, Spirit Sports, owned by James Speed. He also owns Gym Time All-Stars. And I've seen Gym Time All-Stars at a Spirit Sports event, you know? So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't even know who else, but, you know, who else would own the competition, right? If it's not varsity, it's got to be someone in the industry who owns it. So either a cheer parent, and that cheer parent would have their kids come to their event, or it's a, a, a coach or an owner or whoever. And if it's someone random, they have to get people that they know in the industry to help them out if it's totally someone random. And those totally random people have their people come. So yeah, if, if I got into event producing and I was still here at American, American would be the first team registered for that event. Um, and they wouldn't get, get a discount. <laughs> Just joking. I give us the biggest, fattest discount ever. Um, <laughs> Thank gosh. <laughs> no, but, and, you know, but if things are getting fishy, we haven't done cheer match yet. Um, I've actually gone back and forth with their, with our regional rep about going to one of their events. So we haven't done one yet, but if we were to do one and cheer central sons was there and I saw something, like you said, it's not like she's judging the event, you know, they, you know, they outsource the, the judges and get judges who are credible and all these good things. But if we went and we're in a division with cheer central sons and cheer central sons is good. So they have really competitive teams. So if I read into the question a little bit, maybe did she have a team compete against your Central Suns that she thought her team was a little bit better and they won? Cheer Central Suns is good, so they're going to win. And that's the problem. Cheer Central Suns is going to win a bunch of competitions. And they probably did win, win a bunch of cheer match competitions. And we're like, oh, they're only one because you know, she owns the gym and she owns them. Cheer Central Suns is good. But if we had a team that lost to Cheer Central Suns and I thought we should have won, I'd do an Instagram poll. i take it to the streets. I have my team go up and that other team like, yo, I need the streets to tell me who's better. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Here we go. The people have spoken. They said junior blue was better. That's what they said. (laughs) That's funny. Well, you know, I I, I mean, when I originally read the question, I was like, wow, that's a little uh, fishy, but, uh, Now, thinking about it, I mean, like you said, somebody has to put the competitions on, not just varsity. So it makes sense. And like, you know, maybe, maybe someone's feeling a little salty. Hopefully they aren't, but uh, I guess you never know. Let me, let me say this. This is what, this is one of the first lessons Mike taught me about business and Mike, the owner at American. And if you are a gym owner, gym director, listen to this. One of the first things Mike taught me. I forgot even what we were talking about, but the lesson just is stuck in my head ever since. And he, we were trying to sell shirts or fanny packs or something. We we're trying to make something um, like a requirement for the kids. It might have been fanny packs that very, the very first year at American. And he wanted to sell them through the pro shop. And like, why don't we just let parents buy their own fanny packs? And it was a big thing. And he said, why should we not benefit off of our own customer? And he said, when I first started at American, we were the, when I first started American, we were the only gymnastics facility in town, right? In a two hour radius. No one else has a gymnastics program. He said, the only reason that Walmart was selling leotards was because of us. Only reason Walmart is selling leotards is because I have a gymnastics gym. 
why is Walmart making money on leotards off of my customers when I brought gymnastics to the market? Now, that's, a, that's a really good point. The only, reason gymna- the only reason Walmart can sell leotards in Bakersfield, at least at the time, was because of American Kids Sports Center. Why should Walmart benefit off of that? Why shouldn't he benefit off of that? Why shouldn't American Kids Sports Center benefit off of that? So, um, you know, the only reason cheer competitions exist is because cheer gyms exist. So why shouldn't gym owners benefit off of that? Just my, that, just my, you know. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a very good, uh, very good point. Yeah, I know. I dropped the mic on that one. <laughs> mic drop. Who's going to say something now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a couple more questions. Um, this one person wants to remain anonymous. So they said, what is the best approach? You know this is about to be juicy. I, know, <laughs> I, never, right? I don't need anyone to know who I am. Because <laughs> I'm a bad Grab asshole. the popcorn. Grab the popcorn. Um, so they said, what is the best approach for a parent that just feels like it's time to move on from a cheer gym? I've seen answers before with moms that just say, ghost the original gym. But would you've been relatively satisfied at the gym for many years, but know your child just isn't reaching their highest potential. The gym is limited. How do you leave without burning bridges? Uh, I'll say this. It always sucks to lose an athlete to another gym. That's just real. Um, I want to say always. It always sucks to lose an athlete you like to another gym. Sometimes I let them know, hey, they're on their way. So have fun with them this year. But <laughs> this is a I'm great like, podcast. I have not laughed this much <laughs> in a long time. I'll let you know. There are some kids where I'm like, good riddance, kid. Like, for real, you drive me crazy. So, or your mom drives me crazy. So, you know, have fun. I hope, I hope they love you. I hope all well, your let's give. Are- Okay. Let's give our but, anonymous person your perspective and then my perspective. Yeah. Let's say let's say there's a good kid that you actually like. If it's a good kid, I'll say if it's a good kid you like, you like the family, um, but they just move on. That actually it always sucks. You know, it's like breaking up, right? It just like it's always hard and it's not it's, you know, it, it really is. It's really like breaking up, you know, with your high school girlfriend. It's just like, man, this sucks, you know, like she left me. I don't know how that felt, but <laughs> but here we go but i will say this um so i believe in this treat other people the way that you want to be treated you know and i am and i am all for families and people making the best decisions they have to for their own life what they feel is best for their life and if they feel that going and doing x y and z is what's best for their you know ashley and i were at pcm and we felt it was best, the best decision for our family to move to Bakersfield and, you know, come be a part of American. And, and people have to make the decisions that are best for their life. And I totally understand. I totally support that. But I do believe that families or that we all should treat people the way we want to be treated. So what I would want from an athlete or a family, if they were going to leave, you know, I think I'd want the opportunity. I'd want the opportunity to know why, what, you know, what could we do better to kind of 
reconcile? Like what, how are we falling short? And is that something we can do to, you know, is there something, you know, at some, some things you just can't help. Um, You know, she really wants to be a level six, seven athlete or whatever. And you don't offer a level six or seven. And it just is what it is. We don't offer that level for your kid. And, you know, you really want your kid to cheer in college one day. So you feel like they need this experience. Yeah, we, we're not going to be able to do that. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's not something we're going to be able to do, right? And there's other things that are just irreconcilable differences. But I would want the opportunity to know. I want them to be honest and upfront with me. Next, if they still, if we decide that they, that they're, and they just decide, no, we're just going to leave. And they got to finish out the season. I would, parents should not, families should not, tell other families that they're leaving, right? They shouldn't sit in the lobby and be like, yeah, well, we're going to, you know, Susie's All-Stars next year. We're all going to go, you know, I'm going there and I hate, you know, sitting there and bad-mouthing the gym while you're in the gym because, you know, there are people in the program who are very happy in the program, you know, and you don't need to poison the well and, you know, tell everyone why you're so unhappy and why you're going to leave and, you know, they can't do this for my daughter. Uh, If you're going to leave, leave that's your business but leave and leave quietly and don't go recruiting you know every kid try to set up carpools and all this stuff and we're all going to leave together in a big band and that happens real talk i know it happened before we were at american you know there's a group of kids i heard there's like a carpool of like four kids are all driving down to california all-stars you know they're driving you know two hours to go down and be on a team or whatever so you know so and, I, and when I lived in Southern California, where all the gyms are like really close, that definitely happened where parents were recruiting each other, putting together carpools and going. So I think you would not want anyone to do that to your business, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, this is how people put food on the table. It's how coaches put food on the table, how owners, directors put food on the table is by having a healthy, thriving program. So if you're going to leave, leave quietly, leave by yourself. But you don't need to take Joe, you know, food out of Joey's mouth while you do it in the process. So, you know, leave, leave quietly, you know, and tell, you know, the coaches and whoever, you know, give them an opportunity to kind of understand why you want to leave and see if there's anything they can do to kind of mend that. But I will say this. Everyone says this, but I have a kind of example. The grass isn't always greener. And I know people say that, and they usually say, trying to be petty. I'm not trying to be petty. I'm trying to give a parent who I do not know a fair warning that the grass isn't always greener. Now, I saw a picture the other day on Facebook of an athlete and a coach. And the caption was, best coach ever. However, the athlete was not wearing that coach's uniform. The athlete cheered for that coach for a good amount of time, decided to leave that coach, go to a different all-star program and finish their, you know, all-star career. You know, let me, I'm just guessing their senior year, junior, senior, however long it was at this other program, very prestigious program. If I said their name, we'd all, Oh, I know that program very well. Right. Great program. But it struck me as odd that the picture said best coach ever 
and the kid was wearing a different uniform. So, and I truly believe that that mom thought that this, that he was looking back on it hindsight. This person had a huge impact on my daughter and she's the woman she is today because of this coach. But for whatever, and I don't know, I don't know the story. So I don't want anyone coming at me, but I feel that this, this um, family wanted to do a little bit more winning, right? Actual, actual first place trophies. And it said, this is what's going to be best for our daughter or our family, whatever, and decided to go. And in hindsight, says, you know what? This was the best coach I ever had, you know? So I don't know, but, and I see it happen, you know, a lot. So, you know, there you go. I agree with you. Well, Jason, um, all of our questions are coming down to one. This is our last question last that we had. All right. So, um, wait, real quick. I don't know who, real quick. If this was a fun episode, it was fun. It was cool answering everyone's questions. So if you have questions, send them into the podcast. Cause these are real questions, you know, from real people. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want a chance to have your question answered on air, send them in. You can send them in to me. You can send them in to Brittany. You can send them into um, cheermad.com on the, um, on their Facebook, DM them and like, share, subscribe, retweet, all that good stuff. Anyway. And if right, you want to remain anonymous, you, you can remain anonymous. <laughs> yeah. We're going to call you out. We should put her on blast. She better share the podcast or we're going to put her on yeah. blast. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, you know, I don't want to imagine. We're nice people. We won't do that. I'll do it. All right. Here's our last question of this episode. How do your practices change as you get ready for end of the season events? How do the practices change as we get ready for end of season events? Um, the season, well, the season is end of season events. We're putting on the finishing touches to the routine, right? We had in the summit worlds, whatever you're putting on the finishing touches. So typically in this season was a lot different because we started later and we didn't have, we weren't able to collect as much information, but every competition we go to, we're trying to collect information and feedback from judges to see what, how we can put ourselves in the best position to reach our goals for our end of season events, right? We'll say summit cause that's what we do at the gym. And we're trying to figure out how we can put ourselves in the best position to, you know, win the summit or make finals or whatever. So after we feel like we've collected enough feedback, we will make those final upgrades. And then it's all about fine tuning everything. That's what the end of the season is all about. Just fine tuning everything and just making sure that every step and every grip and everything is just perfect. Really. I mean, that's like the, you know, we talked about before about, doing it over and over and over again. I mean, that's what the end of the season is about. The beginning of the season, we're really just trying to get the kids familiar, being on stage and having the, 
the lungs to actually make it through a two minute and 30 second routine. So that time of the season, it, you know, we're less concerned about execution. We really just care that they can make it through the end of the routine and that they can hit a zero deduction. Right. And we're not, we care about execution, but not as much as we really just want to put up zeros and see, you know, full, what full outs, the full outs tell you what you should be practicing. Coaches, listen, when you run a full out, full outs tell you what you should be working on at practice. You shouldn't be working on full outs at practice. Full outs tell you what you should be working on at practice. So when you do a full out and the pyramid is a hot mess, the full out just tells you you need to work on pyramid, right? So first part of the season, they show us what we need to work on at practice. As we get to the end of season, it's all about fine tuning and doing it so many times that the athletes can't mess it up. And, you know, that is, that's, that's what the end of season is about. But I have something to say, Brittany. Okay. What do you have to say, Jason? I'm she's so curious. She's, she's done with me. No, I'm not. I'm not done with you. I'm, I'm just, it's always, it's always a mystery, you know, like what is I'm putting out, out of his mouth? I'm putting out oh, a help wanted ad <laughs> looking for a new co-host. <laughs> You might be looking for a new host host. You might kick me off the show. (laughs) No, you can't get rid of me that easy. (laughs) Okay. Don't forget, I still go to the same gym. I'm not leaving. That's true. If you do leave, don't tell anyone, right? Like, you just sit in the (laughs) lobby, keep your mouth shut, right? Um, So we're heading to Myrtle Beach soon. And I I don't know what's going to happen. But we have two teams that are not – and by the time this releases – okay, so by the time this releases, we'll already have competed at Myrtle Beach. Yep. I have two teams that would really, really like to actually have competition. Right now they have zero competition in their divisions. I'm trying to get them to actually have competition in their divisions. If we get back from Myrtle Beach and the teams – do not have competition in our divisions. We'll be talking. Well, I already know what one of the teams are because I listened to our Facebook Live just, you know, before we did the podcast. So I already know what one of the teams are. Um, And I know it's not the girls' team because I did already look at the thing uh, that they put out. Uh, And so I know it's not that. Um, But from the parents' perspective, I think it's great that you are doing what you're doing to try to get the athletes competition, because if it were my daughter's team, honestly, I'd be very upset that I was traveling across the United States just for them to compete against themselves. Exactly what I said to the event producer. I said, we're tra- we're flying. We haven't had a real competition all season long. And this is what I'm telling them. We haven't had a real competition all season long. We're flying across the United States to go to your competition. We have to compete against someone. Win, lose, or draw. They have to compete against someone. So. And as a mom, to be honest with you, like, I mean, I don't really want my child to lose, but I wouldn't even care if they lost. I just would be very upset for traveling. It is, it's not worth the time. It's not worth the money. It's not worth 
the, you know, days off work, any of that in my perspective to travel across the United States just for an in-person competition. If yeah. that, that is not worth it for me. But uh, as a parent, I, if, if that were my daughter's team, I would appreciate you and Ashley for doing what you can and have to do and trying. So it's not that way. Yeah. Don't worry, Brittany. I got the receipts. I have the receipts saying we want to compete. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure if we're actually going to be in a division with anyone. So. Well, all we can do is hope and pray and uh, hope for the best. And we can text him nonstop and go, you better put me in a division. (laughs) Well, thank God that's you and not me. Um, But you always say there's, there's a quote that you always say is you might I don't know. You'll know what it is as soon as I butcher it. Uh, it might not be the best decision for individuals, but it is the best decision for the program. So whatever you, you know, what quote I'm talking about, I feel you. uh, of the week you, right you're there. making, you guys are making the best decision for our program and for those athletes. And, uh, I mean, we all commend you guys for that. So let's just, cross our fingers and text the guy a million times we are we he <laughs> all right guys you know myrtle beach this is gonna be the first thing we talk about in the next podcast everyone's gonna want to know like everyone who's not part of american who's listening right now they're gonna be like yo i wonder if they competed like did they compete against anyone i don't know that's the first thing we'll say so listen up next podcast we'll let you know if we competed against anyone and maybe they will look out for a potential blog um, because I am taking GoPros and the twins are taking GoPros. So maybe you, if you're, we'll talk before we go. If you're up to it, you can snag the GoPro for a little bit Let's to give go. your perspective. So, uh, we'll definitely still have a podcast, but it might be a follow-up with a vlog, you know? Let's get it. <laughs> Brittany, I don't have any questions for you. It's all um, right. I had enough for you. You had, you had tons for me. I don't know. I don't have anything. For, we need like a ending. I know we do like the five, six, seven, eight, we're out. But we need to do like a, there needs to be like a sentence that we say. Anyway, people are getting bored now. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Share this, like, subscribe, actually do it. You, I know you're listening, but you got to hear me. Actually go and make it happen, people. Um, we're having fun. We're having, that was a good one. I had a good time. And- and friends support friends. So even if we don't know you all, we consider you our friends. So support us. <laughs> even though we don't know you. <laughs> We're friends, you guys, though. We're all friends here. You guys have been great. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. We're out. Hey, guys. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.